All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two of the first episode of 2023. So, by the way, my phone, when I podcast, lets me do an hour, but for whatever reason on the uh, my laptop, it's only letting me do 30-minute episodes. Well, I've done a couple pot part twos. But anyway, though, let's go back. I said the Liberty Bowl, Arkansas would beat Kansas in overtime, 55-53. to 53. The military bow, Duke, would beat UCF 30-13. to Then in the guaranteed rate bowl, Oklahoma State would fall to Wisconsin 24-17. to And then in the Birmingham Bowl, East Carolina would beat Coastal Carolina, Battle of the Carolinas, 53-29. to And then in the first responder bowl, Memphis would beat Utah State 38-10. to in the Camilla Bowl, Buffalo would beat Georgia Southern 23 to 21. And then in the Quick Lane Bowl, New Mexico State would beat Bowling Green 24 to 19. Which, by the way, Mexico State is like undefeated in bowls. They're like, they've only played in like six bowl games or something like that in their career. And they're like in the entire like time, their bowl history. And they have not lost. They have like one or two ties in the other games they've won. And then in the Hawaii Bowl, Middle Tennessee State would beat San Diego State 25 to 23. In the Gasparilla Bowl, Wake Forest would beat Missouri 27 to 17. In the Independence Bowl, Houston would beat Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, 23 to 16. The Independence Bowl is in Shreveport, I believe. I remember when that was like a Big 12 SEC game. Bowl game. So, like, Bob Stoops' first bowl when he was at OU his first year, they played Ole Miss in the Independence Bowl. Then the Armed Forces Bowl, you would have Air Force beating Baylor 30-15. to 15. I think the Independence Bowl, yeah, the Liberty Bowl was, like, I think that was in other conferences, and then somehow they switched because the Liberty Bowl is now, which is in Memphis, it's now, Big 12 versus SEC. Then in the New Orleans Bowl, Western Kentucky would beat South Alabama 44-23. to Then in the Boca Raton Bowl, Toledo would beat Liberty 21-19. to Then in the famous Idaho Potato, Potato Bowl, in that blue turf out there, Eastern Michigan would beat San Jose State 41-27. to then in the, I don't know what bowl this is. It doesn't say the name. Marshall would beat UConn 28-14. I honestly don't remember what the name of this bowl is, so let me try to find it. Yeah, I don't know. It literally doesn't say what the bowl is. Then in the Miami Beach Bowl, Boise State would beat North Texas 35-32 in the New Mexico Bowl. You would have BYU rallying to beat, or BYU beating SMU 24-23. Then in the Linden Tree Bowl, you would have Southern Miss beat Rice 38-24. And then in the another bowl game, earlier bowl game, Fresno State would beat Washington State 29-6. And then in the Las Vegas Bowl, you have Oregon State beating Florida 30 to 3. 
Then you have some of the earlier bowl games. You have Louisville beating Cincinnati, two former. I think they were both in the Big East together. For bat, no, I don't think they were. Louis, but basketball rivalry, they were, they were rivals. Louisville would beat Cincinnati twenty-four to seven. Then the Cure Bowl, Troy would beat U, University of Texas San Antonio eighteen to twelve. Then in the Bahamas Bowl, UAB would beat Miami of Ohio twenty-four to twenty. Then the bowl games coming up, we have national championship game, obviously Georgia versus TCU, Rose Bowl, you have number. You have Utah versus Penn State. The Cotton Bowl, you'll have Tulane versus USC. The Citrus Bowl, LSU versus Purdue. And the Real Chris Bowl, Mississippi State versus Illinois. And that's pretty much all for sports. Let's talk about some other things that are going on. Uh, they caught, they, man, they believe the murder suspect for in the killing of the four University of Idaho students. He was a guy from Pennsylvania that was a just got his master's degree in criminal justice or criminology from, I guess he was a student at Washington State, which Pullman and Washington, I guess, is not that far from Moscow, Idaho. So, like, they caught him in Pennsylvania. I guess that's where he was from. So, I guess he graduated and, I don't know, murdered these four students. I haven't really seen anything about what the connection is, but they they caught that guy. I think I remember who it was. The Supreme Court Justice Department, someone said it was okay to release the last six years of Trump's tax returns, former president, so there's that. I mean, which opens up a uh, whole can of worms. So, there's that. It's, you know, it's obviously the first day of 2023. Hope everyone's having had a good New Year, New Year's Eve, and fun. So, and so I noticed something, and there's been a lot of people winning the lottery in Florida. I'm like, yeah. Anyhow, let's see. They got that. So, I mean, they caught the guy they think did it, and I guess they're thinking he did it alone, which he wasn't the number one suspect apparently at first. Well, at least all the internet sleuths and everybody were saying it was some kid that was uh, his family. His dad was like a big time. His mom and dad were big time surgeons or something like that, and they were like, oh, he did it. Is there like, oh, after it happened, he quickly drove off to the his parents' cabin or something that night, and they quickly flew him out of the country or whatever, because I guess they were doing some kind of safari hunt or something, the dad and him in Africa, South Africa. So I would not be surprised if some internet sleuth people get sued by that kid and his family for that. I mean, especially since they caught the guy that wasn't, even on any of their radars. But obviously the police, they're not, that's the thing though, on investigations like this, people want to know everything. What do you know? What's going on? Let us know. 
And here's the deal. The police can't like tell you everything because then it will let the, let the guy they're going after know the suspects. So obviously, you know, we'll see what's going on there. But anyhow, there's that. We'll see what goes on there. Uh, obviously, Russia and Ukraine still going on. Uh, China's making aggressive moves kind of towards Taiwan, which is going to be interesting. I'll be interested to see how the military handles the uh, their recruiting shortfalls. You know, it's gonna be interesting also to see. I think former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson said that because of the January sixth thing, it, Trump should be disqualified from running for like pre- the Republican nomination. But it's not really Hutchinson's call, so it's gonna be interesting to see. And then this next coming presidential election cycle, who actually runs? I mean, if it will, if Ron DeSantos runs, I mean, because I like him. I mean, I currently live in Florida, so like, he seems to be a popular guy, and he, I think he would. If the Democratic Party runs Biden or Harris, the vice president, I think DeSantos will beat them handily. Now, if Trump somehow gets nomination, it's a rematch between him and Biden. I don't think he, even though things don't look too good for old Joe by the president right now, I think it would still be close. I mean, I mean, I think it would be the same thing with Harris. It would probably be close. It wouldn't be a blowout win. Although I think DeSantos would, or DeSant, or Santos would, uh, or DeSantis, that's his name. <laughs> I'm thinking of that Republican guy that won, I think George Santos. Someone said earlier on one of the talk shows, we don't even know if that's his name. Apparently, he's lied about a bunch of stuff, like working for people, college or something like that. I don't know. He's like some, I think, Republican guy from New York that won a Congress seat. Although he wouldn't be the first president, first political politician to lie about something. Richard Blumenthal, famous, the Democratic senator from Connecticut, famously claimed he was a Vietnam veteran, which was incorrect. He never served in Vietnam. He was in the Marine Corps Reserves. Good for him. Semper Fi. As a uh, as a reservist during the Vietnam War, which makes him a Vietnam War Vietnam War era, or Vietnam era veteran or something like that. I mean, he just wasn't a wartime veteran of he wasn't a Vietnam veteran. He was a Vietnam era veteran, which means because there are quite a few of those. Not everyone that was in the military during the sixties, early seventies served in Vietnam. There are only tons of people that didn't go to Vietnam, so. Like I said, like, I don't really know that much. I just remember the guy's name. But DeSantis, you know, he'll – I mean, I don't know who else is going to go for that presidential spot for the Republicans. Because you know how – anyone that knows, like, when there's an open spot for one party, like, when the first start – people sort of start – first, you know, whatever they first start running, like, 20 people or more run. People have no chance to throw their names out there. And I'm talking about, like – as it goes for Democrats, too, like, you get, like, a bunch of people running and then eventually 
people they start cutting people people start dropping out before the first actual debate so like you know there's that i mean and to be honest democrats only have themselves to blame for the whole donald trump winning being the president because they wanted hillary clinton the fix was kind of in for her to get the nomination and and i'm not talking about them I'm not talking about them screwing Bernie over because I don't really care. Bernie's a socialist piece of crap. So I'm talking about Jim Webb. He was their best chance to, you know, get independent and even pull Republican voters away from no matter who the Republican candidate was. He was a moderate that would have, you know, you know, because here's the either the uber progressive liberal people wouldn't have showed up to vote because they didn't like the candidate. But they definitely wouldn't have voted for the Republican nominee, whether it was Trump or somebody else over Webb. So they kind of screwed themselves, in my opinion, because the Democrat Party is like, oh, we want to be the first person's first party just, you know, to get this person, whatever, for their skin color, their, you know, sexual orientation or whatever, you know. They just, well, we want to be the first instead of, well, this person's the most qualified or this person can win. There's a Hillary is, do I think Hillary Clinton was qualified to run? I guess from the Democratic Party standards, yes. Qualified to be the nominee. But was she more qualified than Jim Webb? No. I mean, I would say they were on equal footing in a way. They just, and plus, I think they'd already, whenever she backed out in 2008, I believe, when Barack Obama got the nomination, because it was a tight race between her and him, and there were some people that wanted her to keep her on the, you know, the ballot or whatever. But she agreed, and they were like, you know, I think, you know, they make agreements, and they're like, okay, if you drop out and throw your support behind him, we'll let you pick between, like, you know, Secretary of State or Vice President or whatever. And obviously, she chose Secretary of State because Vice President, generally, you're going to be there for the reelection. Where Secretary of State, you can, a lot of times, there's a lot of changeover in those cabinet positions from the second year. I mean, when I say second year, I mean second term, first to second term. So that way, if, say, your Secretary of State or Secretary of Defense or whoever, somebody in your, in your cabinet's like, you know, I want to run for president after you're done with this, you know, this term, I want to start getting ready to run myself. So, you know, but I still want to be in the lot, you know, in the spotlight a little bit so people see me out there. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I just think that Jim Webb would have beat Trump. In my opinion. I am um, he would have be he would have he would have won. But anyhow, let's move on to uh what else can we talk about? Well, the transfer portal is still crazy in the NCAA, just so you know. And I'm going to talk a little sports again. And also, I, I think there's too many bowl games. There's like 40-something bowl games. I don't I – don't, I think there's like too many. A lot of it is like, you know, greed and money, ESPN and Disney and the NCAA. Because the NCAA, a lot of the people and coaches are complaining about NIL, but I'm like – but my thought on that is – you brought that amongst yourself when you started, you know, making all this money and, you know, playing coaches like 
whatever seven millions of dollars a year, and players can they can barely afford to you know go out to go out to a movie or a date. I mean, it's like when you ask people why why the NCAA doesn't do a Division two playoff or whatever. They're like, oh, there'll be too many games for players. No, it's because you don't want to drop that 12th game. You don't want to drop conference championships because that makes money for the conference and stuff like that. That's what you don't want to do. You don't want to go back to the Division Two where they play like 11 games and no conference championship, and it's like just they don't want to do that. And I'm trying to think. Oh, Southwest Airlines, apparently they have had a they had a bunch of a bunch of flights canceled over this holiday season, like a lot. Some other airlines did too, but because of weather, but how, but Southwest Airlines, it wasn't even just weather. It wasn't even just this winter weather we got, so man. That's crazy. So, I don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, I like Southwest Airlines. I usually generally prefer to fly on them. So, Because, you know, they have the thing where you can get in, like, boarding zone, whatever, A or whatever, and board. If you want, you can change it, a thing. And when you get on, it's also, it's, like, open seating. Like, if you're, like, you know, if you're in that group A, you can just go set wherever you want. You can pick your seat instead of. You know, you got the airline, you got to, like, other airlines, you kind of pick your seat. Like, you got to go, go online and be okay. You have an assigned seat. They let you pick a lot of times, but we'll see. By the way, I will probably have another, try to do another podcast tomorrow afternoon, sometime, noonish sometime, or in the morning. We'll see. How that goes. And like I said, I when I got to Tulsa, I was traveling from Florida from the Panhandle. Like I checked, I think it's the day after Christmas. I believe I checked. I noticed the weather, temperature outside. It was like I was in Alabama or Mississippi still driving. And it was like 44 degrees. And as I you know drove through Mississippi, Louisiana, up into Arkansas, the temperature started dropping. It was like into the 30s. 20s. And I got closer in Oklahoma and I stopped at the Lubbs on in Weber's Falls, Oklahoma. And it was 17 or 16 degrees. I was like, wow. And it was really cold when I first got here. And then it now it's starting to warm up again. So that's that's good that it's starting to warm up. And oh, I think I know what I was going to talk about. This is going to be about sports too more. I may do another podcast to drop tomorrow about not other stuff besides sports. But I was, gonna, I was like thinking about the Pittsburgh Pirates because obviously a few summers ago I was working in Pittsburgh and I went to a lot of Pirates games. And I've always liked the Pirates kind of as a kid because they used to be they used to be good. They used to have Barry Bonds, Andy Van Sly, Bobby Bonilla. They had Jay Bell, Jose Chico Lean, Jeff King. In their infield, and Sid Bream and Orlando Morissette were their first baseman. Then they had 
Don Slott and Mike Lavellio as their catchers. And they had John Smiley and Doug Drayback and Bob Walk as pitchers for them. And they Charlie Lieberman pitched for them, too. But all these guys, you know, they were a good team because they used to battle the Braves for, like, you know, the chance to go to the World Series every year. Almost every year. And the funny thing about, like, Jeff King, Jose Chico Lind, and Jay Bellas, they all ended up playing for the Kansas City Royals together at one point. But anyway, though, I was going to say, there's no such thing as, like, poor owners in professional sports, especially in MLB baseball. Yes, there are small markets. The NBA, like, I'm an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. Because they're from Oklahoma, and they're my favorite basketball team. There are small market teams. You have to really sell and maybe pay, maybe even overpay to get some people to come here if you want to have a – or draft well. Because that's the thing with, like, Sam Presti, because he lucked out in the draft. People thought he was some – he's, like, super great, and I don't know. You let – you traded James Harden for pretty much nothing, and you ruined a big three that probably could have won you two or three titles if you'd have kept them together and surrounded them with veteran and good drafted some good role players, and you spend a little more money. Pittsburgh Pirates right now, they need new ownership because, like, our Pirates fans will tell you because the guys don't want to spend because their best player and team, probably team captain Brian Reynolds, has demanded to be traded because he's not seen improvements, you know, for the Pirates to be winners. He wants to go to a contender. And keep Brian Hayes, who's one of the best young third basemen and infielders in baseball, eventually he's going to get to that point. The rookie guys you drafted, like, Henry Davis are not ready yet. Brian Reynolds isn't going to stick around for that. He's not as – he's looking at, I need to I want to play for a championship team in my prime. There are other small market teams that don't spend. I mean, you got to spend a little to try to get people to come play for you. I mean, is you're – I mean, Pitt, City of Pittsburgh's all known for being hardworking and having good sports teams. The Pirates are just not willing to spend – to, you know, play or, or to win, you know? I mean, it's not like the same team has dominated the National League Central. I mean, you it's been like the same teams that kind of been up there, been in the race, but no one team's dominated. But one team has kind of been in the cellar almost every year, and that's the Pirates. I mean, the Cubs, the Cardinals, the, the Brewers, and even the Reds have all been in the postseason. Well, in the mid early 2000 like 2000 teens early teens mid teens pirates had like a 3 year stretch where they were a wild card team and then they were like oh nope we're not going to spend on these guys we're going to blow it up and hopefully we'll these some of these players we traded for the our star players for will you know will pan out i mean they need to They need to get better, you know. And oh, by the way, oh, it's on a sad note in sports, soccer legend Pele passed away. I don't know if I already mentioned that on one of my other podcasts, but he passed away recently. And for a long time growing up as a kid, Pele was the only, before soccer got really big in the U.S. or got bigger, Pele was like the only name that most people, probably my age, knew growing up in soccer was Pele, especially international stars. You know, I'm saying kids that were born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s and 2000s, you knew Pele, and that was it. But anyway, though, like I said, there's no poor owners in 
professional sports. There's small market teams and there's owners that don't want to spend it. Oh, it's just a thing to own to make a little bit of money. And they're not really that into, you know, making their team great. Now, do I, would I want an owner like Jerry Jones that's in on everything and trying to make coaching decisions all the time and rosters? No. Is the Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl because Jerry Jones wanted all the credit for them winning instead of being like, you know what, a lot of credit goes to Jimmy Johnson and letting Jimmy Johnson make decisions. Because, say, the Barry Switcher, I, I love Coach Switcher. He's awesome. Like I like Coach Jones from Oklahoma State, you know. But, you know, Barry Switcher and Coach Jones were two of the guys growing up when I was a little kid. They were kid. They were the guys at OU and OSU. And then it became Coach Stoops and Mike Gundy, Coach Gundy. So, but I mean, Barry Switzer won a Super Bowl with Jimmy Johnson's players and team. You know, <clears throat> I mean, he became like he, Coach Switzer. Basically, became like Jimmy. He became one of the few college coaches, college and pro coaches, to win a national championship and a Super Bowl. But you know. A lot of that Jimmy Johnson probably would have coached the Cowboys probably till he retired if Jerry Jones, if ego wouldn't have gotten away with the ownership. Yeah, Jerry Jones did. He deserves a lot of credit for the Cowboys' success because he hired Jimmy. He fired a legend in Tom Landry or forced him to retire and brought Jimmy in. Kept with Jimmy even during that 1-15 horrible season, you know, and then watched and helped, you know, said, yeah, let's go get that player and let Jimmy draft. His players. But then Jerry, I think, started wanting more credit for, you know, for, you know, more credit than Jimmy for winning. And he was like, hey, you want anyone can coach this team and win a Super Bowl. And, yeah, anyone can before free agency hits. And, you know, I mean, you know, and guys leave or the drafts don't go that well because Jimmy's not there drafting guys. Or your star quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback's upset because guys are guys are you know doing whatever they want, and the coach isn't a disciplinarian, and neither are the assistant coaches. The quarterbacks had to do that, you know that's not his job. And I'm referring to the quarterback. I'm referring to Troy Aikman. So. Oh, yeah, and this was mostly about sports. You know, it's a couple of non-sports things in here, but it's just kind of how how the flow of things are going. I'll find I think my next podcast will not be about the next podcast won't be about sports. But I'll either drop that tomorrow. I mean I might record it tonight and drop it, publish it, post it tomorrow. Maybe. We'll see. But, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you don't want an owner that's, like, completely, you know. I mean, but at the same time, I also understand it's the owner's money you're spending. So, I get them wanting to be consulted and make plays, make decisions, but not to the Jerry Jones point where, you know, he's basically like, I'll go coach the team or whatever. But, you know, you want owners that are going to, you know, share like owners that are you know going to spend money and help you make decisions i know there's i think there was one point pat mcafee had talked about trying to buy the pirates or get a group that you know get into buying a team somebody needs to because the current ownership 
they are not wanting to spend. And Brian Reynolds, who's could be one of the next great legendary Pirates players, is looking to leave. You know, I mean, he's a guy with along with Brian Hayes, Key Brian Hayes. You should lock up and keep. You know, you should like you know lock up and be a core of your next great winning and maybe even championship teams. Those are two guys that you need to lock up and keep. O'Neill Cruz could be on there if he improves his uh, batting average. He's he's like Aaron Judge's height, but plays shortstop. Not as big, I think. He doesn't weigh as much, but he's like Aaron Judge height playing shortstop. He could be a good one, too. So I just think they need to go out and, you know, spend, you know, but, I mean, because right now Reynolds isn't seeing you competing for a championship, so he's wanting out. So, And if you're a Minnesota Viking fan, I'm sorry if you're watching this game right now because Aaron Rodgers just ran for another touchdown. This was after Kurt Cousins threw another interception, and the score is now 40-3. So I do not think the uh, Vikings are going to rally and win this game. And I do believe next week is setting the last game of the season is setting up for a Packers Lions winner goes to the playoffs. Now, if they tie, I don't know how that would work again, but that's what that's looking like. And that will conclude so I, this episode. And I hope everyone has a happy new year and the rest of the, and a good 2023. Bam. Will out. <laughs>